Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. St. Therese of Lisieux, in one of her writings, tells us who her favorite saints are, um, the saints in particular who, uh, who fit in most perfectly with her, her spirituality of the little way. Um, and those saints, uh, interestingly enough, are um, they're the good thief who died beside our Lord on Calvary, the holy innocents um, who were slaughtered uh, when our Lord was just a babe, as Herod attempted to, to get at our Lord at any cost, and the saint who we celebrate today, Saint Mary Magdalene. And we could ask ourselves, uh, why is it that these were the, the saints that Therese thought mo- fit in most perfectly with her little way? Well, she gives us the answer herself. She says that in each of these cases, the, we're dealing with a saint um, whose holiness was a completely gratuitous gift from God. In each case, we're dealing with a saint who uh, could have done absolutely nothing to merit their sanctity, their glory in heaven. A saint who, therefore, couldn't boast of, of, uh, of any merits of his own, but who could simply give glory to God for his mercy. Um, that's the case with the, the good thief, because, of course, he, he died as a, as a criminal, and yet our Lord canonized him, so to speak, there uh, on the height of, of, of the cross, uh, saying, this day you'll be with me in paradise. It's the case with the holy innocents, because they could do nothing to merit their their crown of, of glory in heaven. Um, they were mute witnesses of the of the the divinity of our, of our blessed Lord. Um, and this is the case with the saint we celebrate today, Saint Mary Magdalene, because uh, this is a saint who at one time was a sinner. Okay, and uh, but because she had loved much, she was forgiven much. Um, our Lord had poured out his mercy upon her, and uh, she received that mercy. She received it with all of her heart, her mind, her soul, her strength, and she reciprocated, offering back love for love. St. Mary Magdalene has been one of the the most beloved saints down through the history of the Church. There are countless uh, churches and basilicas and shrines uh, erected in her honor, um, countless religious uh, have taken her as their as their patron saint down through the ages. Just about every religious congregation has at least one Sister Mary Magdalene. Many of them are, are chock full of sisters named Mary Magdalene. Um, and it's and it is indeed kind of curious when you consider that this is a, a saint who had once offended our Lord, right? And sacred tradition tells us that um, that. Uh, Mary Magdalene, together with Martha and Lazarus, um, after the shortly after the the Pentecost, um, that they went off uh, to southern France and that they were settled there as uh, in order to to spread the the gospel among among the pagans in southern France. And so there's uh, there's a mountain in southern France which I visited a few years back, where they have this beautiful shrine to Saint Mary Magdalene, um, and not far from there in the local cathedral in Toulon, I believe it is, um, they actually have the skull of the saint. And it's, it's, quite a, it's quite a sight. You go there and they have this massive, massive cathedral and then kind of the jewel at the center of it, you see this, this glass reliquary and inside is this 2,000-year-old skull. Uh, 
uh, of this saint who, who was so very close to our Lord, so close that she actually washed his feet uh, and, and, and dried them with her own hair, um, kissing them with, uh, with her lips. Um, and the, uh, according to the tradition, uh, St. Mary Magdalene lived in those, in those final decades as a, as a kind of hermit. While Lazarus, who had been a consecrated bishop, was, was off evangelizing, Mary Magdalene supported the mission with, uh, with her fervent prayers. And for about 33 years, she lived on that mountainside. Um, the angels would carry her every day to the top of the mountain where there was a little chapel where she would pray. Um, and, she, um, and she gave thanks to God for the great mercy that he had shown her. Um, many of the, the great mystics down through the ages have also spoken of of Mary Magdalene. They've, uh, uh, in fact, they've often waxed the most uh, poetic and, and beautiful precisely in speaking of this saint because she's uh, a saint that many of us can, can relate to, right? She was once a sinner. Um, very often we, we, we think of the, uh, you know, we think of the saints as, as being all kind of like Saint Therese, you know, these, these saints who um, were pure and spotless from the time they were little children who never stained their the immaculate purity of their baptismal garment. And, and no, there are actually quite a few saints out there who were once great sinners. Okay, And so Mary Magdalene has become such a beloved saint precisely for this reason. And uh, and one of the, the mystics who, who wrote very beautifully about St. Mary Magdalene was a, a poor Clare mystic named Blessed uh, Baptista uh, Davarano. Uh, she... Um, she lived at the end of the 15th, beginning of the 16th century, and um, she wrote a, a beautiful work on the interior sufferings of our Lord during his passion. Um, she talks about how um, our Lord had his physical pains, of course, um, all the, the different tortures of, of, his, of his cruel uh, uh, passion and death. And then there were a whole other set of sufferings which were even more painful, even more intense than the physical sufferings. And um, among these were his pains at seeing the, the sorrows uh, of his most beloved disciples at the foot of the cross. First and foremost, his mother, the Blessed Virgin. Um, it pained him tremendously to, to see his mother suffering on his account there, suffering a, a martyrdom uh, more cruel than any other saint has ever endured. And it pained him also to see the sufferings of this beloved disciple here, Mary Magdalene. And let me read to you uh, some of the words that, uh, that Blessed Baptista Davarano uh, gives to us. Actually, she, she actually holds that they're dictated to her directly by our Lord. So our Lord says, If you only knew, my daughter, how much I had to suffer from the affliction of my beloved disciple, the tender Magdalene. But it is a mystery which neither you nor any other can comprehend, because it is in her and in me that all holy and spiritual loves that have ever been have found their beginning and foundation. Those who have the active and passive experience of holy and spiritual love can form some idea of my perfection as a loving master and of the love and goodness of my beloved disciple. But in practice, no one can attain it. Never did such a master meet with such a disciple. And there never has been or will be another Magdalene. Next to my mother, Magdalene felt most compassion for my passion and death. It was for this reason that after my resurrection, she received my first visit, which could not have happened had any other surpassed her in sorrow. 
But because she was the most afflicted after my mother, she was also the first after her who deserved to be consoled. When my most beloved John rested on my bosom during the Last Supper, I made him see clearly my resurrection and the abundant fruit that would result from my sufferings and death. Nevertheless, he felt my sufferings more keenly than any other disciple, but not more than my loving Magdalene, who was not capable of receiving such high and sublime communications as he did. If John had been able to prevent my passion, he certainly would not have done it, knowing the immense benefits that would result from it. It was not thus with my dear Magdalene. She knew no other good but me alone, so that when she saw me draw my last breath, she believed she had lost everything in heaven and on earth, because in me was all her hope, her love, her peace, her consolation, and then her sorrow was without measure. If you desire to understand better what I have said, observe the difference that existed between my disciples and this sinner who detached herself from everything that was not me. After my death, they returned to their nets, but she did not return to her luxurious life. Burning and inflamed with holy desires, she sought me incessantly, and having no hope of possessing me alive, she would at least possess me dead, feeling that without her dear master, living or dead, there was no consolation for her on earth. So true was this that she left the company of my dear mother, who was all that was most amiable, most delectable, most desirable in the world after me, in order to seek my body. She thought nothing of the sweet conversation of the angels. She was so occupied with me, she could neither see nor listen to anyone else. In short, her sufferings were so great that she would have died of grief had not my supreme power miraculously preserved her life. I was much afflicted for her, but I did not permit her to die, because I desired to make her, as I did afterwards, the apostle of my apostles, for she announced my resurrection to them, as they afterwards announced it to the world. I wished to make her the mirror, the example, and the model of all contemplation and holy life, by her thirty-three years' retreat in the desert, where she lived unknown to the world, and where she tasted and felt all that is most delicious in divine love that can be tasted in this mortal life. This, then, is the pain caused me by my beloved disciple, Magdalene. A very beautiful passage in which our Lord speaks of how St. Mary Magdalene was beyond consolation during uh, the time of his passion and death and, and the time prior to his resurrection, precisely because she didn't understand yet that he was going to rise again, unlike St. John, and precisely because she had loved him so much. She had found the, the object of her love. She had found the, the one who alone could fulfill all the desires of her heart. She had discovered the meaning of true love. Right? And this, I guess, is, the, is really uh, one of the main messages that St. Mary Magdalene gives us, is, is that uh, um, in our Lord alone can we find the meaning of true love. Right? Um, this is a very urgent message for the world in which we live today um, because there are countless people out there that are seeking love and they're, they're seeking it all, in all the wrong places. They're seeking false loves instead of authentic love. They're seeking loves that can't satisfy but which only leave uh, a deeper void in your heart after you've, uh, after you've tasted them. Um, our blessed Lord alone gives us a love which is perfect, a love which is authentic, and which endures unto life everlasting. And so we, like Magdalene, should cultivate a love for him, which uh, uh, which would make us prefer him to everything else and be willing to sacrifice everything else in order to have the great treasure of possessing him and him alone in this life and in eternity. 
Let us pray to St. Mary Magdalene that she would give us this grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.